hello and welcome to the end of season special edition of Spitball. Your weekly NFL roundup. I'm your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows, and with me as always, my good friend Marcus Henson. How are you, buddy? Good, thank you. Good, good. So in this week's episode, just want to take a look back at all of the action from the Super Bowl, our highlights, and uh, look back at the season we've just had, along with some coaching changes. And that will be the last episode for us of the season. How do you feel about that, buddy? Aww. Sad? Yes. Getting the violins out? No. Okay, fair enough. But you'll be pleased to know you won't have to wait all the way until next season to hear from us again. We will be back over the draft weekend with a pre- and post-draft special, giving you our thoughts and opinions of all those in the 2013 draft. So, let's have a look back at the Super Bowl. Obviously, it was a couple of weeks ago now. Um, apologies, it's taken us a couple of weeks to uh, to sit down and go through this one, but with prior commitments, this is the first chance we've had to catch up. Super Bowl 47, how was your Super Bowl Sunday? Well, it was all right until the pub went out. <laughs> in the pub you were at or did, did it happen somewhere else or, um, oh possibly happened somewhere else um, I did go for the pub experience and went um, to the local to see it and it was quite good um, of course then of course you hit the 40 minute lull when nothing re- much is really happening and all you can do is really drink and it becomes very expensive so yeah did you have a, a good few drinks I know a lot of the team went to a shoot pool here in Aylesbury yes I did I, I went along with them um, it was a great night lots of fun highly recommended it uh to all the other lads who didn't come but we had a really good night there was a good atmosphere there was a good number of us there and uh, yeah it was a great Super Bowl it was just uh, a little disappointing at times yeah well thinking of the power just quickly I actually read this week and this is the bit I love about the whole scenario they actually found the cause of the power outage have you heard this yep so the cause of the power outage was actually a device that was installed last year to stop a power outage happening (laughs) so (laughs) Ironic. To say the least, yes. Or in the way I see it, as we think about the game, somebody up there decided that they wanted the 49ers to get back into that game because before the power went out, Baltimore were just completely dominant and especially with that kickoff return as the second half started, it looked like it was curtain closed for uh, San Francisco. Yeah, it seemed almost like uh, someone had unplugged the juice from the stadium and pumped it straight into the 49ers the way they suddenly jumped into life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice little pun there. Someone gave them the old <laughs> nice little shocker. Well, it was. It was just the break they needed. I don't know if they just clunked their heads together. They managed to come up with a game plan and it worked. Yeah, that extra 35 minutes did them the, the world of good. So, thinking of the Super Bowl, MVP Joe Flacco, what are your thoughts? Now, there is a very, very good argument that could be made for Jacoby Jones with mm. the sterling catch he made in the first half where he fell down and had the presence of mind to realise he'd not been touched and to get up and then and beat score. two defenders to the end zone. And then the kickoff return. And a kickoff return as well, yeah, to start the second half. So. Ah. I would have rather seen Jacoby Jones, to be honest. Yeah. Do we think maybe that the MVP was given because Flacco hasn't thrown any picks in the postseason and kept him ticking over? So it was more, uh, you've done really well this entire postseason and shown your class here, have an MVP. Do we think maybe it was a popularity thing because quarterbacks do tend to win most valuable player? What I'm thinking about it is that it's it's a little bit on that sort of nose, isn't it? Where 
can you really judge the quarterback to be or sorry the wide receiver in this case to be the most valuable player when to make the catch he needs a quarterback to bomb it down the field it's so so on his back through the playoffs yes I, I, I agree that he's He's had some good games, nothing outstanding, but well managed, got them to where they were, got them to win the Super Bowl, because, you know, he didn't make the mistakes that can, like, hinder that. But at the same time, if you go back through the playoffs, what about Jacoby Jones and him suddenly, like, turning up a notch from, like, doing nothing in the regular season to his postseason run? Not to mention Anquan Bolden as well. Yeah, exactly. He made awesome catches throughout the postseason, had strong hands, scored some very valuable touchdowns. Yes, I think there is definitely a, a more favour to the to the quarterbacks, the captain of the team, as it were. Yeah, we're thinking of captains of the team. We uh, obviously said goodbye to one of the game's greatest players, and so sad to see him have his last game. But at least Mr. Ray Lewis went out on a high with a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I think that was well deserved because, to be fair. He had a really good postseason as well, and he came back from the uh, the injury more infigured than anyone to try and get out on a high. Really, absolutely, and really inspired everyone around him to want to win that match. I think they did throughout the postseason. There were some really tough matches. He had to go into New England and such as one of them. Not only that, you know, Denver. This is there were some really difficult matches. None of it was easy in, in, in comparison, but at the same time, no. they managed to just cruise through it. Like they they were going to the Super Bowl no matter what, they were going to win it. Yeah, it was like the history book was written, and then they were just catching up with it. You look at the quarterbacks you have to tick off that you beat: Luck, Manning, Brady, and then Kaepernick with how he's playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first half Kaepernick, not to worry, but second half Kaepernick, it was scary. Some different man. Yeah, showing what he had been doing all season. But we'll leave the, the Super Bowl there for now. I'm sure you're probably all sick to death of hearing about what happened and the, having the game dissected at every single different level. So what I'd like to do now is uh, take a look back at some of the top plays from this season. And I want to go ahead and start off, no surprise I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Johnson's one-handed catch versus Seattle in Toronto. <laughs> what a great catch. Yes, guess what, I'm going to put a clip of it alongside the podcast, surprise, surprise. But it was just, if anyone would have made that catch, it would make my highlights. The complexity of the catch, the way you sustain the catch through the entire, I mean, there's not just even a like great one those, leap as well. Yeah. I mean, he's not a tall guy either, to be fair. No, I think he's about the same height as me, actually, when I had the privilege to meet him. <laughs> Name drop there. Yeah, that's it. Oh, what? what's that, Marcus? Did I also meet Marcel Darius and Calvin Shepard? And, and did Marcel Darius also give me a signed £50 note? Oh, we've started him now. He won't <laughs> yes, stop. He, did. he won't stop now. Oh, dear. What have we created? Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'll stop there on the Stevie Johnson front. Um, other plays of note for me. RG3 76 yard touchdown run and that was when we were both watching Red Zone no doubt at the time when you had the split screen and you had three touchdown plays all at the same time just unreal go back and, and watch that I, I strongly recommend it we've got Titus Young's catch as well in week three against the Titans the uh, the Hail Mary pass that got tipped he caught it no seconds left on the clock took the game into overtime again we'll uh, throw the highlight alongside the podcast but great awareness and why they do all their tip drills yeah that's exactly why you do tip drills and that's why you're also taught first thing is to tip down not to tip the ball up either make the catch or just tip smack it smack it to the yeah. ground yeah absolutely yeah some of our players including myself probably need to learn to, to smack it down but having said that the couple of times I have done it it normally results in a turnover <laughs> after the touchdown so 
fingers crossed um, that'll keep happening but we'll see um, any personal highlights yourself? Yeah, my one was, I've got a couple, uh, one of them has to be the referee decision back in uh, week three as well, with the Seattle catch that won it for them against the Green Bay Packers, the um, who's possession ball. Ah, uh, yeah, the uh, multiple possession at the same time, yeah. Exactly. Um, I love that one, That I thought it was great, because even though who had it, who didn't have it, it was great presence and fight from both of the sides there, really, to sort of eke out, and it was just a really deep bomb. Those ones could go either way. The more I see it, the more that's an interception every day of the week. Yeah, yes. <laughs> there's there's no two ways around it. But the real refs made some shocking decisions as well. So we yeah. had at the start, obviously, we had the referee lockout. And this particular game in, in week three, again, uh, with Seattle and the infamous catch, was with the replacement refs. But we saw later on down the line, the game between uh, Houston and Detroit, was it on Thanksgiving, I believe? It was Thanksgiving. Where Justin Forsett was down. and The, the knee and broke. elbow, and then... He throws in his challenge flag against a challenged play. So, yeah. therefore, you kill kill your challenge. Um, yeah. But, yes. I mean, the other one for me, there's one more that sticks out in my mind, and that's Vic Ballard's run from Indianapolis. As oh, it's a little screen pass, I think. A little screen it? pass, and he takes it, tackle from below and up high. So, he ends up doing like a twisting sort of almost salmon. back somersault. <laughs> <laughs> a salmon somersault. A salmon in, somersault into the, the end, end zone. zone. Yeah. Just to break that plane. It was yeah. awesome commitment and that's how you win your teammates respect absolutely yeah that was a sterling play and we'll if I think of some more plays or if we think of some more between us I'm sure we'll put them either alongside the podcast or in my end of season roundup blog which uh, will be available next week thinking of the blog if you get a chance between now and next week please go back and check out my uh, Super Bowl blog which features an interview with the lovely Ruby Renegade uh, model tattoo artist from California and she's also been involved in some mixed martial arts fighting as well where she was a champion at Ellis Mania 8 so go back and check that out and uh, also maybe check her out on Twitter at the Real R. moving on so there was a few broken records this year start with not the usual we've been hyping him up about Megatron I'm going to start mm-hmm. with Someone else who you might say was cool, Breeze. Oh no! What a what a quarterback he is. He is a quarterback. Um, given whatever introduction you do, unlike that, but you have to hand it to him what he's done, especially in the Saints. He had uh, a great time as a Charger, but he really has come to life as a Saint. I think really helped pull that franchise out of uh, oh, adversity God, yeah. and push them through into new heights. So this year they won't call the New Orleans Aints for nothing. Well, that's also true. Yeah, but then when you got the likes of what was it, Aaron Brooks, their quarterback all those years ago? Has anyone ever heard of him since? Does anyone even know who he is? There you go. You might be living next door to him. You never know. <laughs> you never know. I thought I recognised that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's how Cam Newton heard our podcast earlier in the year and then kicked into the Yeah, maybe. You, you never know. Works in mysterious ways as the big man. Right, so Drew Brees this year broke Johnny Unitas' record for consecutive games with a touchdown pass. It was 47. It now stands at 54. What a great achievement. It's a great achievement. It's a shame he wasn't able to continue it going through because it seemed to be that he was actually... He hit a hot streak and he wasn't going to finish, to be honest, at one point. Um, absolutely amazing from what he's done. Yeah, and we've got Brady <laughs> snapping at his heels now. Brady's at 48 and still going, so... Do we think, come the start next season, say by week 7-8 next year, do you think Brady's name's going to be up in lights with this record? Yes, probably. 
Probably, because of course, you know, the record is just to get a single touchdown in the game. Um, And I think in a a very passer-friendly league, it's very easy to. And being such a good quarterback, I think Brady will. They've got a few people coming up on free agency, though, that could potentially throw a spanner in the works as far as that's concerned. But we'll we'll come back to that in a minute. Another record Breeze has broken this year is he has become the first player in NFL history with multiple... 5,000 yard passing season so last season and this season so back to back 5,000 yard seasons and last season of course was when he broke Dan Marino's record that record is much more of an achievement I find personally personally because other people feel differently to the 54 games with a touchdown pass because I think 5,000 yards is much more difficult to achieve How through the, well I think through the course of the season what you have to average you're, you're playing 16 games over 17 weeks Therefore, you're averaging out a better part of... We're basically saying here, it comes to about 300 yards a game almost. You're having to yeah. average out at And you're telling me, consistently averaging out 300 yard games, especially when we're supposed to be getting the creme de la creme of like defences, constantly improving every year through the draft system. I don't understand how a guy can put 300 yards of passing through. I mean, and they have quite a decent run game, so it's not like it's all pass. Because you've got the likes of Pierre Thomas. And, of course, now they've, they've upped it with... Um, I can't think of the great guy who came out of Alabama a couple of years. What, Chris Ivory? No, Chris Ivory is another great back there, but they have uh, another one, an old Alabama um, tank of running back. Yeah, that's kind of putting me on the it's spot. put us on the spot, and we'll add his name later into the blog <laughs> when we remember. But um, they've got absolute, complete and utter dominance on that round game if they want it. But they choose to use the pass because it's such an offensive weapon, because they've got the likes of, of Moore and Henderson and Marquise Colston, you know. They have... I think offensively they're absolutely unstoppable which I think is brilliant to watch and just quickly in there as well it's been announced this week that Rob Ryan is the Saints new defensive coordinator <laughs> what, do, what do you make of that one? the derisive laughter there kind of gave it away but no I'm not a fan of, uh, of either of the Ryans to be honest really? No. so you quite like that picture that was going around probably before the uh, Super Bowl week and I'm going to pol- put this in polite terms but uh, let's just say it's the Harbors dad. Uh, it's a picture of the Harbors and then a picture of uh, the Ryan brothers. And above the Harbour brothers, in polite terms, it said, "Our dad spews excellent excellence." And then in the picture of the Ryans, it's got, "Our dad took us to KFC." Oh. <laughs> no, that's terrible. I haven't seen that picture, but that's that's. I'm I'm not a big fan of either of the two Ryans. I just don't think they've kind of managed to make the most of their NFL opportunities. But then, see Rex Ryan. I don't know, I have to say, I think he has, because barring this season, he has been to the playoffs in his first three NFL seasons as, as a Jets head coach. Yeah, but as a Jets head coach, he's also put Mark Sanchez as a starting quarterback, so therefore that he's got... <laughs> Who again took him to three postseasons in his first three years as a starting quarterback. I don't think he took them to him. If you look at what happened, a ground game and a solid defence took them. Okay, that's fair enough. We'll come back to that one, I think, at some stage. So, next up on the list of record breakers, we obviously have Megatron, a.k.a. Calvin Johnson, breaking Jerry Rice's single-season receiving yards. It now stands at 1,964 yards. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Over 100 yards a game. We almost thought he was going to hit the the 2,000. It was very close to. We were all really excited that last game of the year. Um, And I honestly think it's a great, great feat. But um, as as me and you have, have talked over much, much length, uh, is that Calvin Johnson will gladly give up every single record he owns 
every single little achievement like that to wake up tomorrow with a little special ring on the end of his finger. And that is a Super Bowl championship winning ring. Absolutely, yeah. And what chances do the Lions have of winning one at the moment? Not very not very much with uh, a solid AFC, uh, AFC, NFC North and actually just an NFC in total, actually. Because the NFC is very strong at the moment and I don't think they're actually trying to get through the system of your division winning it or at least coming to a place where you could be fifth or sixth seed, getting through the wild cards, getting through the divisionals, getting through the conference... Well, let's start up a campaign to help Detroit out. Let's see if we can have our first ever quad cover of Madden. And on that, you can have Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, and uh, let's think of another. <laughs> well, it'd have to be, um, it would be someone from the South, really. So I guess Maybe Drew Brees. Yeah, there you go. And then that should hopefully, Detroit should then sail through into the Super Bowl. <laughs> What do you reckon? <laughs> I love it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, let's get that started. Yeah. Let's give this guy a poor chance because let's face it, he's gone through every striving adversity, even broke the Manning curse in the respect that he had an outstanding year on the back of the Manning curse. Just that happened, his, his team happened to suffer from it this year. I think they might have to see if we can be getting something trending on Twitter there with a, a little bit of a taken from NFL Red Zone with a hashtag quad box Madden cover. <laughs> Would you reckon see if we can get that? Oh, let's give it a try. Let's give it a try. Everyone out there, give it a try. Yeah, definitely. Get that trending. Um, other records Calvin Johnson broke this year. Uh, most consecutive 100-yard receiving games, uh, which now stands at eight. Mental. Great. Absolutely amazing. That's, that's crazy, the fact you think about that. And he also tied Michael Irvin's record of 11 100-yard receiving games in a season. Again, it's it's crazy because you're sitting there going 11 games, so only five games did you you not hit the 100 mark. And I like think, oh, he did actually forget. He's probably actually somewhere like in the 70s, 80s, or 90s anyway. Yeah, well, that's the crazy thing, isn't it? If he got that, he got 1,900 yards, so he's averaging over 100 yards a, a game. But to only have 1,100 plus yard games means that some games he was just on fire. There was a couple of times when he got over 200 yards in games, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's how much of a dominance he is for that team. He shows himself to be the leader, the star reason that they have that hold on the offence, that wide receiver, the quintessential, shall I say, quintessential wide receiver, you know, of making the presence felt in the secondary. Or maybe we can get him to be traded to Buffalo, and then that way he could get a chance of winning the Super Bowl with the Bills. <coughs> with the Bills through a division that also stems out better part of um, the Patriots twice a year. Yep. Probably three times a year. Yeah, if, we, if we're realistic to it. We have Houston, who are starting to make an ascension in the south, which would have to be another, another bridge to cross. Oh, the AFC yeah, North cool. dominance, and then, of course, the West, though, actually, to be honest, they probably... Um, he'd probably have some fun with that. On the North dominance, though, Pittsburgh are a bit on the decline. Baltimore have got, again, we'll come to them in a minute, but Baltimore have got a heck of a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the ball, or potential free agents if they don't sign them. So I think there's definitely an avenue there. There's mm. a potential hashtag Megatron to Bills going on. <laughs> <laughs> Liking my hashtags this week, so, you know, see what goes down. Um yeah, so great records. There's been loads of other records set this season, so many to try and fit into a show. But we'll slide now onto the head coach changes and look at where we think that's going to lead those teams this year. So, yeah, the coaching changes this year, they have been pretty much a coaching carousel. Starting with 
the Eagles. Yeah. We talked about them before, mainly because they stole your stole head coach. Joe Kelly. Yeah. So, how well do you think he'll do in in Philadelphia this year? Bearing in mind he has just signed Vic to a one-year extension. Uh, <laughs> I think he would have probably been better off having Foles really to try and uh, make some build on a future there. Because he's the future I think he's going to have to be. Because Vic, if he is, he's going to be a one-trick year pony. Yeah. And it's going to be nothing more than that, really. And Bowers showed some promise last year in the did. games he played, I think, anyway. He did, he did. And I think you've got to give the kid a break. But they're just... I don't know whether it's him, like Chip Kelly's decided to go with, or whether it's the GM who's putting another year of faith in Vic, whether he's making him... decide to make him the poster boy. I don't know. But I think, I think they'll do all right. But again, they're going to be struggling because the problem is they're cutting so much experience and veteranship in the defence. They're relying a lot on the youngsters to step up. Now, if the youngsters do step up, I'm not going to blame that because that's great because then, you know, you manage to pull, pull the trigger there and, you know, get them in a year ahead. But the problem is when you do cut that, do sometimes you miss the veteranship on the training field in the locker room. Is it a pre-season attempt to get the first round draft pick next year? No. No, I don't think you'd want that because literally Philadelphia is, I probably think, the third worst place for fans for after New York and after Dallas. When you say worst place, you mean as in fan pressure on the team rather than they've got the worst supporters? Yes, I'm going to have to go for the first one. What I mean is that the pressure and the expectations, no matter what you did, whether you just won the Super Bowl last year or you came bottom of the league, the expectations are still in stupidly incredible Sky high. high. Yeah. You're not going to have any leeway to sort of have that sort of, unfortunately, what they call the five-year plan to go with NFL teams where from taking a team which is downtrodden and maybe lacking in initiative it's going to take five years to get into a championship slash Super Bowl contender team so if he keeps Vic you would hope he keeps McCoy as well he's got two because otherwise what's the point and um, they did have that, that one kid um, coming on the end of the season oh uh Brown, wasn't Brown, it? Brown, my word, did he show some flashes. So McCoy, to be honest, I think will have to step up the game just to consider his place a little bit more on the team as numeral or not, or possibly they're going to a bit more now that Brown showed his face to a double split back system, which is no, not a bad thing, not a bad thing. No, definitely can take a little bit of a load off McCoy and then it, make, it will keep him fresher for a long way down the stretch, which every team hopes to be playing, and then they say... And he is injury-prone, McCoy. That's true, that is very true. Next up, we have Kansas City Chiefs, who have appointed <laughs> the Eagles head coach, ex-head head coach, Andy Reid. What, what are we thinking their thoughts are there? Because bear in mind, he came into power, and as soon as he came into power, they sacked their GM, so effectively Andy Reid has full control over that team. Good and bad. Good, good points? Yeah, good points are that now hopefully he can cement his own little dynasty and try and get things rocking and rolling. Because Jesus, I mean, with the Chiefs, you pretty much got a blank slate to work from. Bad is, I think maybe Andy could do with a break. I think the guy's been under a lot of stress. Yeah, 14 years in the hot seat. 14 years in the hot seat. His son's been in and out of jail. Um, family problems tend to get splashed a lot around Philadelphia. So... I'm pretty sure the guy you honestly could do would probably do in a Pep Guardiola and taking a year or so out. Yeah. Honestly, honestly I think it would be the best thing for him would probably be rather than going straight to the Chiefs, he would have been better off taking a year out, supplementing his position and then maybe looking into something in college region. Well yeah. you college you do tend to get a little bit more time to, to flex, you know, with because 
you've got a turnover so high every year. You, your seniors are going to bug out every year, and you're going to get a new set of freshmen. I mean, where's the draft? You're taking on about six kids, and then you're mixing up the free agents. Free agents are veterans in a sense because they're all going to have a year of experience at least yeah whereas you might drop yourself you lose 11 starting seniors on your team and you're, you're going to be picking up about 12 or 13 rookies to replace them yeah i mean we we there's no sensible turnover here like oh it's all right because we'll just pick up a couple of kids from the next college over and try and convince them to to pledge with us no, it doesn't work like that you yeah. have to pick up newbies from uh from high school and this is the next step up on the um, football evolutionary train would you like him at Oregon no <laughs> <laughs> all that spiel about how he should be a college <laughs> coach <laughs> and then simply ask you if you want him as head coach of your team one word answer no right there you have it so maybe you did make a good move in going to uh, another NFL team if all no, the fans yeah, and, no, and no, 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 honestly, there are plenty of things there. And, of course, you've got to remember that it's spread over three divisions of football. Yeah. And he could find himself a nice little home. And he could almost sit there and supplement in, look, you had 14 years in the league. So we're going to give you a Division 3 post. That, well, no, that's not, what it sounds not like. Not a Division gonna... 3 post. What I'm saying is he can actually now pick and choose if I'm saying if he wants to. If he now wants to sit back and just relax into something like a, um, a 2... Division 2 team where he knows that he's not going to have so much of the pressure because he can just sit there and you know maybe he can think about retiring there and stuff like that and now eking out the next sort of 15 years of his career at one team rather than now doing the hopscotch because I honestly think in Kansas they'll give you three years max Andy I'm afraid they'll give you three years to turn it around and make the playoffs and not much longer if you lose Dwayne Bay yeah so honestly the only thing I fear is that you know the guy's heading for a massive coronary yeah, we don't want that, to be fair, much though. We quite have to sit here and, and slout, uh, slate people on the couch. We'd never, ever wish any uh, uh, ill-doing. So uh, let's move on to um, a team that may or may not be slightly close to my heart. I wonder which team that could be. The old mighty Buffalo Bills have appointed Doug Marone as their new head coach, the previous head coach of Syracuse, so very close, obviously, to the Bills themselves. He's also brought across... His offensive coordinator in the uh, as part of his um, coaching staff. So looking forward from the outside, without my biased opinion on where I think the Bills should go. What are your outsider thoughts on that appointment for the Bills? He was really good for Syracuse. He turned them back. Because Syracuse, to be fair, are a basketball university. They're a great establishment when they come to that. And football is always taking a second priority. Whereas this guy came in, took hold, and managed to pull out out of five years three winning seasons and three bowls of which they won two yeah so therefore you can't though they're not the the great bowls I mean it was like you know the down there bowls like, dusty road bowl so you know <laughs> the, the, the ones where you sit there and you manage to you know out of your 12 games you manage to get like a 6 and 6 or a 7 and 5 record and you get to go for a bowl good on you but they were winning, I believe this year they managed to cap eight wins and they went and won their bowl. But it's, you know, again, it was it was nice to see that he managed to turn the team around and I think someone who can you sit there and go, I did it with Syracuse, I'm just coming down the road, literally, what was it, like 40 miles down the road? It's not far. And you're sitting there going, he doesn't even have to move house. Um, just coming down and literally sitting there going, right, I understand the concept, I understand what needs to be done, I'm bringing along some of my guys to make the transition smoother. 
I honestly think there's great promise there for the Bills. Yeah, and a local guy knows what the fan support's like, knows the pressure that he's going to be under from the Bills fans, who, after three years of uh, coach Gailey, where we thought we were going to improve, and we steadily did improve over the first two seasons, but then kind of hit that uh, plateau where we'd basically approved, improved as much as we could have done under coach Gailey. So... Let's move on then. Um, I will spare you my thoughts on the Bills head coach because otherwise we could be here for uh, quite some time. Oh All I'll say is I'm going to keep my opinions to purely what he does on the field. It doesn't matter what he's done previously. Let's see what he does now for, for my team and, and take it from there. Only thing I don't like, just quickly, as it's happened this week, he has released two of my favourite players, which I'm not that happy about. So he's released Nick Barnett and George Wilson, which had I not being such a massive Jarius Bird fan and, and wear his number on my flag team, they're definitely two and three behind him. So we'll wait and see what happens. So let's move on to the, the next team on the list, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns. What do we know about Rob Chudzinski? I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to say uh, I absolutely have no idea about Rob. Fair <laughs> enough. Let's move on to the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, all I know is that the Browns uh, VP is literally now gone back to be the CEO of his what they call truck stops that's Mike Holmgren isn't it no 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 um, the actual CEO and oh, VP sorry okay he's gone back to move within putting more structure as a CEO of his family business which is their own truck stops now I'm not very aware of the conceptuality um, of a truck stop and the sort of the running of them but um, a lot of Cleveland Browns fans have dictated that this should be possibly a second priority as what's happened is technically you know him moving from one high-powered job focusing on the Browns to one high-powered job focusing on truck stops. And clearly, if he's seeing more money being made in truck stops rather than a professional football team, then, you know, of course the fans are going to be worried. So hang on, just uh, clear this up for me then. So you're saying he's bought the... His no, no, family no. business was the truck stops beforehand? Yeah, or? his family business was the truck stops. Other, other members of the family ran that. He ran the Cleveland Browns. And then now suddenly he sat and went, I'm going to become CEO of this truck stop business, but it's not going to interfere with my Cleveland Brown duties. And a lot of fans have gone, hoi patootie to that. Yeah, absolutely, because running a, a National Football League side is a is a priority 365 days of the year. There's not a day off. There's always something to be doing in the off-season, exactly. in the pre-season, everything. So I don't know about how, uh, you know, you've got a new head coach possibly with a VP who doesn't really want to be there. Okay, so yeah, let's uh, move on to the Cardinals and an appointment I'm sure their fans will like and to be fair, he was a lot of people's choices and I think possibly even the NFL coach of the year, Bruce Arians. Yes, definitely stood up to the mark when he needed to, when um, Chuck Pagano went um, under his his illness. But the fact is that he came out with such an infired passion that he managed to turn and not turn the team managed to continue the team on its winning streak yeah absolutely lead them to the playoffs as well exactly so therefore hot property overnight really his name what team wanted him in, and like I said we had a list of about nine teams they could possibly move to yeah absolutely a great appointment for them and one thing I've been thinking of is with their trouble at quarterback I'm wondering if Andy Reid takes a chance on trying to get Kevin Kolb over to the Kansas City Chiefs to resolve their problems bearing in mind that he did have that one great season with the Eagles when Vic was out before he then traded them away to the Cardinals so I don't know how much of that decision was Andy Reid or how much of that was management I'm not sure about that one 
that's got me a bit stumped. To be fair, I don't know whether or not the mechanics were, that drove to the poor quarterback choices and play last year was down to coach or the players not stepping up. So I'd like to see maybe a new coach, maybe a new attitude. Hopefully, they started the season with a four-game winning streak. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Where did that go? Clearly, something was working, and they changed it. Well, it didn't help that they 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 had to change quarterbacks because of the injury, did they? Yeah, so, I, I know, but you, you, you just, have to say that just changing a quarterback doesn't just completely devoid an entire season. Because let's face it, from that point on, the season's pretty much devoided. Yeah. It was terrible. It but was atrocious. You look at the impact that not having Peyton Manning had on the Colts last year, and it was basically the quarterback was the only person that was missing last year. I don't know. I, um, I guess in that respect, yes. I don't know if you could say that Cobb would be the Manning. No, he wouldn't have the Manning effect, but mm. as such, but then I guess you have to give it the benefit of the doubt that you could say that he did start the season off on four and oh, and he could have maybe taken them somewhere. Yeah. But well, we'll never know it. now, but hopefully, under, I mean, Bruce Arians is an offensive-minded guy, maybe we're going to see offensive-minded things coming out of Arizona this year. Yeah, definitely. Up and coming year. Yeah, let's uh, wait and see. So next right. up, we've got Chicago Bears, who have appointed uh, Mark Trestman, who I believe you say is from... I know a bit about him, yeah. yeah. He's, he's basically come over from um, what's called the Montreal Alouettes, which is a Canadian football team. What is that all about? <laughs> what's that all about? Um... What it basically is, is, you know, there's a slight different format, but a lot of the time these guys interchange. I mean, anyone who watches Sky Sports coverage is is pretty fairly regulated by um, Jeff Reinbold, and he's currently sitting there actually as the Alouette's offensive coordinator. So he, this, this is where I've picked up most of the knowledge, is he managed to talk about um, Mark Tressman for a while and said that he's a great coach. He's managed to take them to um, quite a few great cups over the last couple of years, which is their equivalent of Super Bowl. Yeah. And um, the Alouettes have been on a great winning streak. They've got a great quarterback in system and stuff like that. So you'd think that having Bears having a great quarterback, Needing potentially great quarterback. Yeah, so are you saying that it's not going to be Jay Cutler or are you saying that Jay Cutler is potentially No, I think great... Jay Cutler has the potential, but someone's got to slap that boy round the face and get him to wake up to it. You saw <laughs> what he did this year when it came, especially in terms with Brandon Marshall... There were some on-fire antics where those two could just light up an offensive drive. Yeah, absolutely. Marshall was in my fantasy team for that reason. I think there's potential for him to open playbook to get a lot more involved, Matt Forte and, and the like, as long as they keep hold of him this year, to potentially expand into the next year offensively. And I think Mark Tressman, from the sounds of what Jeff Ryan was saying and, and talking about it and looking online, is that he's very offensive-minded and he likes to have the single solid quarterback that he's had like in the Alouettes for the last couple of years, like yeah. a good decade in the Alouettes, he will make a quarterback the franchise, and therefore that's something you need to progress for. And I think somewhere like Chicago would be great. Because you've got the defence side almost nailed. Yeah. Hold on to that. It's getting aged, but if you replace the spare parts, if you get my meaning, yeah. the engine shouldn't too, lose too much of the power and the aggression. Yeah. No. But you've got to do something on the offensive side of the ball. Because... Great though your defence is winning you games, but not great when the defence scores 14 of your points and the offence only scores 7. Yeah, that is definitely the wrong way around, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, Also, we have the Jaguars, who ditched Mike Malarkey. A lot of that has got to be down to their new owner, I feel. Yes. Um, Great that he's decided to send four games to us, but they're still my front runners to be London Jaguars if we ever get a team. Really? Yes. 
one word answer you know he uh, he's serious when he gives you the old uh, when he gives you the old yes or no <laughs> what is it in Scottish I have no idea <laughs> and I don't even know what accent that was either <laughs> certainly wasn't Scottish so no I apologise no to all please. our Scottish listeners yeah that, that wasn't a Scottish accent and that's probably why I nearly got in a fight in a chip shop in Glasgow but that, that's a different story for a different day Gus Bradley is the new Jaguars coach good luck <laughs> <laughs> both of us are scratching our heads on that one guys I'm afraid if you guys know a bit more about the guy a bit more of his history what he's been like don't even know where he's come from whether he's a, a coordinator who's managed to get step up or what <laughs> yeah so and then we have Mike McCoy who is now the head coach at the Chargers North, North Turner been ousted well we knew What's that was happen? coming we knew that was coming really with North Turner but again it seems to be uh, a newbie getting his shot but yeah, the thing is, I think one of the reasons that was sort of a nail in North Turner's coffin is you look at the talent that's been through that team in the last it seems decade. It seems it's unreal, <laughs> isn't it? It seems to spit it out and send it to other teams. Yeah. I mean, look at Vincent Jackson's year for Tampa Bay. Yeah, not just... Obviously, when they had Tomlinson, at the same time as they had Gates, they had Rivers at quarterback. Uh, the defensive side was really strong as well with Phillips. They had Merriman. They had Cromarty as well at a time. How was that side not get into any of the big games I think the biggest problem was they never really stepped up on that on that, that stadium that that one plateau I mean there's a couple of championship games yeah. along the lines yeah. so you, they're one game short in a few years but one game short isn't going to be enough to satisfy fans they want to go to the big show they want to win the big show nobody remembers one game short no great you uh, you won your wild card in the divisional round if you can't win that championship match because Let's face it, that's when they start handing out trophies. Exactly, because of course, you know, if you if you get there and then happen to lose four, everybody suddenly remembers that. Yep, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's, it just doesn't doesn't make sense with what they had. Like I said, they've been a great facilitator to other teams who have managed to have their prospects. It's almost like a like a loan club that you've had, like in the the English Premiership. They'll send them uh, someone out to loan. Yeah, to a, a division. The Bills uh, loaned uh, lights out Merriman to New Orleans during the Super Bowl, didn't they? <laughs> Thought I'd throw that one out there and see what kind of reaction it got. And uh, it was very much a tumbleweed moment. But there we go. Okay, so... Just going to finish off now by looking at some of the players that have been released this week and also some of the top potential free agents. And I say potential because it hasn't; their teams haven't re-signed them, so if they don't, then they'll become free agents. Uh, let's start with the uh, players of note that have been released this week. Uh, I've obviously covered the Bills players, but couple that surprised me that have been released this week uh, come from the New York Giants. Mm. They've released Ahmad Bradshaw. Yeah, and uh, they've also released Osio Manura. Yeah, that was a, that was a big surprise. I mean, Amar Bradshaw, I can understand, a okay. little bit injury prone, getting He's a bit old, getting a bit old. It's a telltale sign that you you keep the youngsters. And Wilson's you sort of, coming through. Yeah, I mean, there was definite sort of improvement in the running back position as well. It's too many injuries, too many injuries. But Usinura. I didn't get that. Usu Manura, yeah. Why they got rid of OC? Um I don't know whether or not salary cap maybe. Possibly. I don't know whether or not he's coming into the sort of the contract staple of the, you know, the big money bit. I don't understand because I don't recall him having a bad year. I don't think he had a lights out year, but not one to, to, to cut the guy. 
No, because he almost compliments Jason Pierre-Paul. I think those two do. Yeah. Play on opposite ends of the line, don't they? And so it's without one, will the other be as good? Yeah, I think you're asking the other one to step up lots. Yeah, and Jason Pierre-Paul is a great player, to be fair. So yes. we'll have to wait and see. But they obviously show him a lot of faith in him by getting rid of Omen Yorosé. Yeah. Moving on to some uh, some other players that have been released this week. Demetrius Bell, and one that surprised me, the Titans got rid of Carl Vandenbosch. So I'm not quite sure. That did surprise me a little because he's been one of their key players the last few years. Yeah, get rid of Vandenbosch and you're going to pick up Greg Williams. Yeah, the world doesn't quite make sense, I'm afraid. Regardless of he's been reinstated, that recording didn't record itself, did it, when he was telling players to I'm take afra- people I'm, out? I'm afraid, literally, you just bring a load of luggage and there's a load of press attached to that luggage as well. And it's stuff you don't need. I mean... Titans need positivity to come through their doors. Now, I understand the idea because <laughs> the defence, um, using air hyphens here, if you can call it a defence last year, needs major, I mean, literally restructuring from foundations. You know, if it's a skyscraper, knock the thing down and start again. They've got a few elements there, haven't they? They've got like Akeem Ayers, who was a, a great linebacker for yeah, them. Yeah, but the problem is one, one or two players in yeah you need an entire team to come together you need playmakers you need you need the people the big the big names don't get me wrong but you also need the people to to smooth out to make the foundation strong and then build up the the girders that make it reach up tall you know if you're going to create a skyscraper it needs to be solid from the first floor all the way up to the 60th well in an ideal world here's a list of a few names that, <laughs> <laughs> that perhaps if there was no salary cap and the world was your oyster here is uh, some potential free agents that the Titans could get to bolster that defence Ed Reed oh Paul Kruger yes please Danell Ellaby so quite a lot of that Ravens team is coming up to be a free agent so we'll have to wait and see uh, you also have uh, Adam Jones or Adam Patman Jones is that Tracy Porter <sighs> Paul, really? Dwight Freeney's potentially Ooh. a free agent it's unbelievable isn't it can you imagine if you put all of those on one team Um Yes, but at the same time, the problem would be that not all of them would get play at the same time and you'd have your Madonna moments. Well, the thing is, they would do, though, wouldn't they? Because Kruger and Ellaby play at the same time at the moment. Reed's obviously a safety. Freeney is obviously a defensive end. And then Pat-Man Jones is a cornerback, so... Where would you fit in Tracy Porter? On the other side to uh, Pat-Man Jones. Mm, I I still don't think Pat-Man Jones should still be... um, One starting corner, maybe a slot corner. Yeah, I think maybe that's the best Slot corner and special teams. No, I think he's better than special teams, but he's literally, he's got to be my nickel package, and that's about it. But sorry. Even still, sorry, though, I'm just... That's fair enough, we, uh, we're we allowed to disagree, we're allowed to what dis- was about. Yeah, but it's, the fact is, that for the, he had that great year and a half, didn't he? And then he got all distracted off the field, shall we say. Um, and then I don't think he ever came back as strong. Maybe it got to his head, maybe not. He's lost a step, you know, guys pulling on a bit. He was, what is he... This would be his sixth or seventh year in the league, so he's got to be pushing towards the later part of his 20s. Yeah. I think someone like AJ Green is going to eat him eat him, eat him, alive, really, once he starts getting out onto other teams, or, or the, the calibres of AJ Greens that will be coming through. Yeah. Because they're all like 23, 24. Let's not forget, yeah, Julio Jones is only a second-tier player, isn't he? You know, someone like Julio Jones... I mean, Julio Jones, not many people who can actually keep up with him. But the and same Torrey t- Smith. Yeah, they're not... These people are, would... If you put him in single isolation on a man coverage, Pac-Man Jones will be the weak link. You just get people like um, Matt Ryan, just Matt Ryan to Julio Jones all day, like he did in the playoff games. Oh, yes, yeah, so yeah. And literally, he'd have 100 yards before the first quarter's out. 
Yeah, which he did in one of the Which plans. he did, exactly. <laughs> well, I went for that that little metaphor there. Yeah, but no I, I don't think so. Um, Tracy Porter, I'd actually give him as my starter. Yeah. Um, my problem would be trying to um, keep a rotation going with Freeney and uh, the the likes of sort of moving in someone like Ellaby. Because I think Ellaby could do shifting shift his current position just to try and keep him more fresher. Really? <laughs> what, shift him into an end rather than a linebacker? I think so. Or at least, at least it depends... It, the only other way around is you suddenly send him weak rather than strong and um, again though people sit there and go oh it's a different side of the game I think there's a lot that goes in mind if you come through the ranks as a strong whatever a strong safety or, or say a strong linebacker and then you have to change to the weak or the free side you yeah. know, there's a lot of different ways you call you play differently you run the play differently you have to go through the motions differently you see the play well, you see the field from a whole different view quite literally but that's what I just try and think about doing and then you've got Kruger who I think you can just keep doing what he's doing just being a beast so yeah and then on the offensive side uh, obviously the marquee name has to be Joe Flacco as a Flacco. potential Flacco has to be uh, up at the top of the list of potential <laughs> free agents yes with his like million and million and million and million and million and million and million, million dollar price tag um, you know what much so I hate the guy what, what did he say at the start of the season I'm an elite quarterback I'm in the top five well, he won the Super Bowl and became MVP Bowl. So. exactly so we can't deny what he uh, what he says we can just ask him to uh, never ever ever <laughs> grow that moustache again <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about the Fu Manchu yeah the the big handlebar <coughs> oh, I loved there's, it there's no need that for that I loved will call it. you an elite quarterback as long as you leave that moustache on the side of the field I'll go for a second spin there and you can be an elite quarterback until the day as long as long as you sit there with a the handlebar moustache and you've got to rub <laughs> it in that way with one hand starting at the peak rolling down roll those fingers down wow. and then put a yeehaw at the end of it you know what? You could be MVP every day of the week. Maybe you should go to the Cowboys then if it in quite well. I don't know. What you got? I think you can bring a little bit of a, a westernised culture into your Baltimore. <laughs> they were the Colts after all at one point. Yeah, this is very true. Uh, also then on the offensive side, uh, you've got a great tackle in Bryant McKinney who mm. I think as well as Flacco and that offence did, a lot has to be said for the line because Flacco had all the time in the world throughout that postseason and it was because the likes of McKinney came back they restructured the line they moved Michael Orr obviously to the right hand side which was great McKinney That's probably left tackle one of the best moves they did wasn't it really yeah. swap, swapping sides and of course they bolstered um, McKinney with oh shoot what's his name yeah him <laughs> oh dear another name has slipped from our grasp yeah. like so many of us before Marcus is getting a little bit old bless him so the names don't always stick in he's getting really old at the grand old age of 22 <laughs> wow oh, oh 23 oh okay I was, I was trying to be kind and give you a year so you know he's now just turned his back on me so it looks like I might be doing the rest of this on my own okay uh, maybe we can kindly ask him to come back Marcus please will you come back old man Oh, of course I will. <laughs> Even Archer into Old Man as well. Love it. Right, so... Also, you got any Weathers Originals? Yes. Oh, good. Although I thought you'd probably have plenty of supply of beer, and in mind you were the granddad in those adverts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to go away again? <laughs> uh, in about five or ten minutes when the show's finished. Right, moving swiftly on. Uh, other players uh, of note Tony Gonzalez could potentially be a free agent will he retire won't he retire will they resign him I think it will like give it one more crack because I think there's a good enough team there 
to yeah, try he'll... and get back to the championship, maybe getting into the Super Bowl. So I think he'll give it another crack. He'll, yeah. he'll have a, he'll have his uh, his Ray Lewis year where we'll all know that this will be the last year, and the signs are all abundant and obvious. But he won't actually say he's going to retire until literally like week 16 when you know that Atlanta are in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's completely fair enough. Um, also, Wes Welker is potentially a free agent. I think also, I've not got it on my list, but I believe there's been some mentions <coughs> that Brandon Lloyd could be also one of the people to go. Dion Branch is certainly a potential free agent, so they could be having a big clear out at wide receiver in New England. Oh yeah, of course, that was obvious. That's, that's just literally bringing in age. The fact is they've got Julian Edelman to be the new Wes Welker. Ah, anyway. well, Julian Edelman is another potential free agent. <clears throat> no, I think what they'll do is they'll say goodbye to Wes Welker and they'll give him a new, another contract, Edelman another contract. Do you think that's because Welker's had so many drops? No, I honestly think that probably, even if they'd gone to Super Bowl this year and he'd been MVP, I think they would have watched what asked him, you know, sorry mate, we're having... In the... the guy's what, 32, 33? He's getting on a bit, yeah. Um, and it's not only that, um, I'm worried... Oh yes, the drops were a worry this year. But what's more worried is that he's taken quite a few hefty knocks over the last two seasons. Yeah. Like proper like knockout blows. Do they also try and spend some big money on uh, either Dwayne Bowe or Mike Wallace who could become available? No, I think Bilicek is such a smart guy. He's got such a set recruitment programme. You look for Patriots to do a lot of dealings within the first round this year, giving away loads of third and fourth round picks that they aren't going to use, and they're going to pick up an extra one or two in the first and second rounds. Wide receivers. Keep an eye on those top wide receiver draft picks. A lot of them will be heading over towards New England. Really? So you think they're going to trade up to get a good I position? I think they will draft heavy in the wide receiver position rather than actually go for the sort of buying out people like Dwayne Bowe. Yeah, because when you look at the quarterbacks in the draft, as, as we will do obviously in our show in April, but there isn't a great deal of talent to be coming through the draft. So you are looking at more your running backs and also uh, wide receivers to be probably a lot of the top 10 picks. Maybe a linebacker in there as well. Defensive, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of defensive talent because I think a lot of people this year noticed how the levels kind of dipped a bit. You know, defensive levels, there's a lot of big games, big scorers, and you're like, you know, defensive, you know, anyone turn up from defence this time? But I'd honestly think to say that you'd be looking out for a lot of defensive people and, like you said, like um, attacking offensive people. Um, I'm not so sure about the guards and stuff like that, and the, the actual linemen. Cause, um, there's a couple of linemen out of Alabama that will be coming through into the draft this year. Well, obviously, as I say, we'll go through it in more depth. Yeah, we will go April through it in April. And, uh, this is probably a better talk for April. But I, I honestly think um, it doesn't surprise me that they are literally opening the cupboard and blowing away the cobwebs. And unfortunately, people like um, you know Lloyd and um, Branch and Wes Welker, they'll find other homes somewhere else. There'll be other systems for them to you know make call their own. Um, but I think the guys are now you know progressing that they'll become go and find a number two spot somewhere and one final uh, free ag- potential free agent I don't know if you're not sure if you're aware of this one but it might throw a, a spanner in the Rams works have you seen that Danny Amendola is a potential unrestricted yeah. free agent yeah I'm not so sure um, I'd like for the Rams to throw the money at him but um, guy's injury prone badly so if he came to the table would you take a a H to be pencil <laughs> and say not so fast <laughs> um, possibly I honestly I think Danny Amendola is great for the team I think what he does his ethic his work put I mean you only have to see how much it pained him when he again hurt his shoulder um, when he landed badly I think it was about week four or five 
and you saw him slam his helmet in the tunnel you could tell that passion is he wants to play for the Rams the only problem is this is now the second season where he's been out substantially through to injury and I just worry the guy is a little bit fragile fragile a little bit fragile yeah so I'd like to see what I'd like to see the Rams do because I don't think we have one yet is go pick up our own Megatron like Justin Blackman yes yeah. you, you saw him he's a big 200 plus receiver 6 foot 5 and plus well is, uh, is it Sammy Watkins the uh, Clemson guy is he going to nah, be in the draft I, this year or? yeah maybe but I think he's more of the speedster he'd be like great for replacing like Damian Andola I honestly think we really do need a big aggressor like an Anton Bolden or someone like that 200 plus in weight 6 Five, six, four plus in height, great hands, and someone who's got smack corners off the line of scrimmage and just break them. That's what we need. Literally just described Megatron. <laughs> I'd, I'd like another Megatron, please, but for the Rams in you know blue and gold rather than blue and silver, if possible. Yeah, may- maybe he stands a better chance <laughs> of winning a Super Bowl at the Rams. Possibly, possibly. I like where our defense is going. Don't like where Detroit's defense is going. No, that's very true, but <clears throat> I think. Looking at the time, I think that oh, just about perhaps, yeah. wraps us up for, <laughs> sad to say, wraps us up for this oh. season. And, uh, well, for, as a first season under our belt, I think it's gone gone pretty well. What are your thoughts on your your first season as a podcaster? No, I think, I think we've done really well. And I hope you guys, mainly, because we do do it, though we have tremendous fun, we hope you guys have fun listening. Absolutely. We just love to uh, spitball. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, if we couldn't get that joke in, we had to at some point, so there you are. Yeah, I'm afraid you know me. I tried to be king of the puns, but I learned from the best, Mick Foley, with the uh, the cheap pops. So, you know, we're doing this podcast all the way from uh, Aylesbury, Aylesbury, Buckinghamshire. On that note, it's good night from him. And it's good night from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>